Glad you're here tonight. Um, if you brought a Bible, you can bring it, open it up to the book of John, John 1. Um, if you didn't, we're going to put the Bible on the screen for you, so um, you can follow along there as well. But what we're doing here is we're continuing our, our Emerge, our core value series, and these are the things that we value as a student ministry. And if you've been around here for a long time, you're like, oh, I've heard this before. Well, you're going to hear it again and again. And again, and I'm going to preach this until you're sick of it, until it's drilled into your skulls. And then you're finally like, I really love this because I know it so well, right? And so um, last Wednesday, if you were here, um, we talked about how our first core value that is we are a, we're a family made of friends. So tonight, if you're brand new here tonight, one of our goals here. As Emerge Youth Church, as this group right here, is that we're a family made of friends together. That we're there for each other, that we support each other, that we're, we're, we're around for each other. We're, we're, um, and I know, like I said last week, I know we don't get that perfect. We, we don't get that right every single time. And I know a lot of us struggle with that. And, but we want to be a family made of friends. Because how cool is it to walk into a place, walk into a room, and you're like, I know that person, and I know that person, and I really like that person. But we want to be, for you guys, a family made of friends. Because you may not have a good group of friends that you normally hang out with. We want to be that for you. We want to be a good support for you. Uh, A group of people who you could call up and say, would you pray for me? And be like, yes. Or could you go to my uh, band concert? Yes. Would you go to my uh, foosball game? Football, sorry. Yes. But like, would you go to my middle school band concert? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that too. I mean, come on. We want to be there for each other. We want to support each other. We want to help each other out. And and the, the body of Christ is supposed to be a unified group. A together, we may not always agree on every single little thing. And that's the beauty of, of a family. You guys, you guys get along with every member of your family. Some of you may, but, and that's really cool. But not everybody does. And so that's the beauty of a family. You may not all get along, but for, at the, for this place, we agree on the same thing, the same purpose, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And we're here together to celebrate that, to, to help each other, to... Um, Man, lift Jesus' name high. But that's our first core value is that we are a family made of friends. And if you says E-I-V, that's E stands for Emerge. I-V is Roman numerals for four. We have four core values. So tonight I want to encourage you guys to write some things down, to take some notes because note takers are history makers. Yes. <laughs> and and so um, write some things down. God may speak to you tonight. He may challenge you tonight with something that's said tonight. And um, he may challenge you with this. So we're talking about E4, E-I-V. And so uh, our four core values. So, um, you know, how many of you guys, like, it doesn't bother you to discuss something you enjoy? Like, dude, okay, you're talking about the Chicago Bears. Matt Forte knows all there is about the Chicago Bears. Dubbers. You talk about the Seattle Seahawks. This guy back here, the Seattle Sea Donkeys, he knows everything that there is 
about the Seattle Seahawks. You talk about the Royals. Kara's not here, but a lot of you guys know a lot there is to know about the Royals. You talk about the New England Patriots. You talk about Tom Brady. You talk, when was Tom Brady born? What year? (laughs) Who's Tom Brady married to? Himself. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying. You guys know what I'm saying. It doesn't, it doesn't, okay, every single week, every Sunday or Wednesday, I get phone calls throughout the week. Johnny calls me up. Let me tell you about Tom Brady. Let me tell you what's going on with Tom. Let me tell you, football season's about to start. I get calls. Anybody excited for football season? Come on. College football's already started. I am so excited about that. But people love to discuss things that they enjoy, things that they're excited about. If you like woodworking, you probably talk about that. If you like weightlifting, you probably talk about that. If you like to um, do makeup, yeah. You probably talk about the newest makeup trends and the the my my eyeshadow is so smoky. Is that right? Is that correct? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even know what I just said, but um I've heard those terms go together. Um just all this stuff. You love it's normal. What somebody tell me, what's your favorite restaurant? Yell it out. Chipotle. Huh? Rib crib. You're from Kansas City. And you like rib crib? Jack Stack? Salvatore? I don't even know what that is. Taco Bell? Culver's? Fogo? Fogo de Chow? Who hot? We don't have that here. Um, 54th Street Grill, Chick-fil-A. All right, all right, all right, all right. So you guys, you guys could probably talk a while about your favorite restaurant, right? About your favorite food, about your favorite thing. Um, If you, you eat a great meal and what do you do? You go and tell everyone about it, right? You Instagram it. Yeah, you take a picture, Snapchat it, send it to your friends, whatever. You talk about it. You put it out there like, mm, best meal my belly has ever had. Happy belly. You know, and like whatever. You're so excited about whatever it is that you're excited about. Um, you, have you guys ever heard someone talk about a movie so much? He's like, I must see this movie. Right? What's the best movie, Karina, you've seen lately? Jurassic World? Kim Possible, seriously? I'm so disappointed in you. But like, listen, listen. You guys, someone's gone and seen a movie and you're like, I gotta see that. Like you're excited to see, they've they've described it so much that you're so excited, you're like, I must see this movie, right? Um, And so, so tonight, we're talking about our second core value and that is found people find oh you guys are so good yeah 
And, and it's all about evangelism and, and that it's all about reaching others and talking about others, having simple conversations with people about Jesus. Yeah. And so it, it's telling someone that we love, someone we may not know about some, someone else we love, namely Jesus, and, and something we enjoy. And that's, that's our second core value here is that found people find people. And I want you to write that down. I want you to remember it. I want you to know it. Because according to the scripture, we have to embrace the fact that found people find people. And if you're found in Christ, that means you have accepted him into your life. You've allowed him to be the leader and the Lord of your life. Then it's our responsibility to tell others about, what, about what's happened in our life. Because we've been found. It's our responsibility to find others. So according to scripture, it's, it's, it's impossible for someone to say they're a follower of Christ and not be concerned about people who are far from Jesus Christ. Like it's not an option. It's not an option for someone or a group of people um, that are truly following Jesus. It's not an option. So um, we have to be concerned and we have to care for people that Jesus is concerned and cares for. I really do want us in this room. Uh, we talked about our, how we're a family made of friends. I really, really, really desire for us to be that to be just that, a family made of friends, a group of people together who love each other and who love Jesus. But if our family right here, if it's not growing, then it's not healthy. It's We're, we're far from Jesus. We're nothing more than just like a holy huddle, a small group of people who gets in a little huddle together. And, and what do you do when you see a big group of people in a huddle like this? What do you see there? You see a bunch of butts. Sorry, so I don't look at that. Yeah, um, but because a lot of times we get in our little holy huddle, you can take that off. Distracting. But what happens, we get in our little group of people and we're saying, I don't care about everyone else because I've got my little crew. I've got my little group of people and everyone else who's not a part of my crew if if we're if we're we embrace the fact that found people find people and that we're a family made of friends and we have our really small little crew and we don't let anyone else in we're basically saying i, I really love jesus but all these other people who aren't like me who aren't in my little crew they just go to hell and I know I, that's tough. I know it's, it's really strong, and, and I hate to say it that way, but when we're not welcoming to people on the outside, people who we say are lost, people who don't know Jesus, we have to have a burning passion in our hearts that we want people so bad to find Jesus that we'll reach outside of our little holy huddle and we'll welcome anyone in. We'll find anyone who doesn't know Christ and we'll make him a part of our family made a friend. So tonight I'm going to ask you four questions. There's four really simple, small little things that I, I want you to write down. I want you to know. I want you to remember the first one is simply this. When? Specifically, and, and the question is, when did you meet Christ? When did you decide to make him the leader, the Lord? You, you follow him, the Lord of your life. Um, however you want to label that is when. So tonight, if you got your Bible, in the book of John 1, 43, it goes like this. <clears throat> the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And these next two words we have here are really important. It says, finding Philip. 
Because Philip didn't find Jesus. Jesus found Philip. He found Philip. And he said to him what? He said, follow me. In that verse we just read, who found who? Jesus found Philip. That's right. The answer is always Jesus. Here's two strange phrases that we I've heard in my life before is when people say, I just need to find myself. You guys ever heard people say that before? Maybe you've said that, and, and don't admit it because I'm about to smash that. Um, two strange phrases that we hear people say is one of them is, I just need to find myself. I need my freedom. I've got to find out who I am, which is typically a try to cover up for a sin that they just committed or a mistake that they just made. I've never met a person who has found themselves. You go and look at a mirror. There, there I am. It's me. It's, I can't believe I'm so beautiful. Look at me. I have more hair than I'm supposed to have. So a lot of people are like, I'm just trying to find myself. You know, and, and the second thing, the second phrase is when someone says, I found God. Because here's the deal. You didn't find God. He was never lost. If you're a Christian, the reason you're a Christian is because, um, is because God in his mercy reached down from heaven and found us. And the Bible describes people who don't know him is, is lost as, as dead as blind, but in him, in Jesus, we're found and we're alive and we can see he found us. So here's the problem. If you've got a past like me, if you've messed up, if you've made some mistakes, if you've, you've committed some sins in your life, then you know that you need to be found. You need to be found. You know that you were lost. Like, like you're that kid, like you're four years old, like in preschool and you're over in the corner sniffing Elmer's glue and like acting like you're smoking crayons. I mean, like, you know, you needed Jesus from a young age. Um, like the ripest mission field that there is that I believe right now is in the local church. It's in the local church. It's, it's, it's church people. It's you and it's me. And you've been, maybe you're in this room and you've been in church your whole life. I grew up in church. I've been in church. I think I was born almost in church. Actually, I was born next door to the church in my parents' house. We lived right next door to the church. And that's where I was born in the house. And weird story, I know. I was homemade. So um, the ripest, get it? Yeah. Don't go there. So um, a lot of us, we've been in church our whole life and we followed all the rules but maybe, just maybe, we've never really followed Jesus. There's so many church people, if you were to ask them, like, if you were to die right now, do you think you would go to heaven? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe. Like, if you walked up to an unmarried person and you asked them, like, are you married? Their response would not be, I don't know. You would never ask a married couple, hey, when did you two get married? And their response would not be, oh, we've always been married. It's, it's just, we always, since birth, you know, we've always been married. And my question for you, the thing I want you to know to realize tonight is when did you meet Christ? When did you meet Christ? Here's the deal. Like I can make somebody get saved. And I've told this story before. Um, if I took my daughter, Evie, who is is young, little girl, and I set her down. 
and I, and I, I could make her, I could have her say the salvation prayer where you accept Jesus in your life. If I set her down on the edge of her bed and I said, Evie, there's a place called hell and it's hot and there are demons there, the devil's there. And at that moment, like I would have Kristen all dressed up in her devil suit and she would hop out of the closet going, ah, and like everybody would be going, freaking out. And like, Evie, and I would say, Evie, not only is there demons there, but there's fire there. And like Kristen would like have a blowtorch. So Evie, 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 listen, if you don't want to go to the place with the demons or the fire, repeat after me, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. That's not salvation. It's not, I don't want to scare, we don't want to scare anyone into it. Salvation is simply this, when you and I recognize that here I am and here's God and I could never find my way to God. And that's why he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed on on a cross to pay for our sins. And by receiving that payment of death on a cross, and, and I submit my life, to follow him, and that is where I find salvation. It's not through a ritual. It's not through a religion. It's not, it's the only way is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So my question tonight, if or when has that happened to you? When have you done that? When have you accepted him into your life? I, I believe, I do legitimately believe that people can get saved at a young age. But my question is, do you know that you've met Christ? Do you know, have you made him number one in your life? See, I grew up in church. Like I was just telling you guys a little bit ago, I grew up. I was born next door to the church. My parents were pastors. I was raised in a great home, great people. But I, it didn't, my salvation for me, it didn't become really, really real until I was probably about 20 years old. And, and when I made that decision at age 20, I knew as a matter of fact that I was going to follow him for the rest of my life and there was no turning back. I don't want you guys to have to wait that long. Do you know? Because I know. I'm secure in my relationship with Jesus. Here's what interesting, uh, kind of back to our scripture. What did Jesus say to Philip? Jesus, he simply said, follow me. He simply said, follow me. And so that's our goal as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to follow Jesus and to become like him and to do what he does for the rest of our lives. See, I've sat with students before and I've talked with students, had conversations with them before talking about our relationship with Jesus. And, and I've gotten answers. I've gotten questions like, well, I, I can't follow all the rules. You know what? I can't either. None of us can. That's why we need Jesus. We don't follow, but here's the deal. We don't follow a list of rules. We follow Jesus. And we have a relationship with him because as we get closer to Jesus, these other sins, these other, these other things, these other temptations, they begin to get smaller and smaller. It's, don't, they, they don't always go away, but they begin to, as we chase after Jesus and as we go as close as we can to him, these temptations, these sins, these things in our lives get smaller 
and smaller and more in the background because my focus is on Jesus. Which leads us to number two. Number two is who. Everybody say who. So we have first when, and then we have who. Because Philip is found by Jesus, and then watch this. I want you to see this. What's the first thing Philip did? Verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found who? Nathaniel. Underline that, mark that, write that down. Philip found Nathaniel because first Jesus found Philip, and now Philip found Nathaniel. Why? Because found people find people. It's not an option. And so it goes on to say this. Um, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Jesus found Philip. Philip now found Nathaniel. So here's my question. It's very simple. Who do you know that needs a relationship with Jesus Christ? Who do you know? Our whole goal in this thing is to help people find Jesus. But, but Jeremy, I'm, I'm the only Christian at my school. That sounds like a really great opportunity to tell those people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. The government is making you go to a place with a bunch of people who don't know Jesus so you can tell them about Jesus. What a great opportunity. I'm the only Christian at my job. That is a great opportunity for you to tell all those people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. I want you to encourage you guys to embrace that, to embrace that fact. Who is it that you know that needs a relationship with Jesus? The third thing is this, how? A frustrating thing is to do is to tell someone um, to do something, but not tell them how to do it. So check this out. Philip got found by Jesus. And then he went and found Nathaniel. Philip, he was so excited about this. And he wanted Nathaniel to have the same experience. And the Bible says this in verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Like Nathaniel asked, come and see. Like if you live in Green Valley, which I do, you would say, Oak Grove? Does anything good come from Oak Grove? Like, I was at Santa Caligon this weekend. I was like, Independence? Yeah, we've got some great people from Independence. But anyways, um, <laughs> I was a little weirded out, though. But um, lots of Martians roaming around. So, so Philip, he was really, really, really excited about this. And he wanted Nathaniel to have the same experience. The Bible says this in verse 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel and Philip, all he said was this, come and see, check it out, come and check it out, come and see. Nathaniel, he was skeptical about Jesus, but Philip was excited to tell Nathaniel about Jesus. And Nathaniel was like, I don't know, can anything good come from Nazareth? And this is what Philip's approach to evangelism, this is what he said, come and see, come and check it out. Hey, man, I don't know the answer to all your questions, but Jesus, he, he's here. Come and see. That's why we do this. That's why we do emerge the way that we do. It, we want to equip you guys to step outside of these walls and invite your friends here. 
and they'll hear about Jesus. And eventually, they'll meet Jesus. You just need to invite someone and say, come and see. Come and see. You get them here, we'll introduce them to Jesus. Um, Verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to them, he's a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So he went from, can anything good come from Nazareth? To who do you think you are? To you're the son of God, the king of Israel. How did that transition happen? He went from, I don't like you, to you're my Lord. Philip simply got him to a place to where he met Jesus. And Jesus changed his life. The the problem is that people who don't know, the problem isn't people who who don't know Jesus. Um, It's not people who, uh, whatever political side that they're on or whatever sins that they commit, that their lives are messed up. The problem is that people don't know Jesus. Jesus changes them by people who are passionate about Jesus because they believe that found people find people. And the last thing is this, what else? What else? What could have been? Like, that's a scary thought for me. What could have been? Like, what could have, it makes me think about my life and who I, who I am and who I have been in the past before I really found Jesus and, 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 The path that I was going down was a bad road. What could have been if my friend wouldn't have had the guts to show up at my house one day, knock on my door and say, hey, man, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm making a change. I'm not doing drugs anymore. I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I'm following Jesus, and I want you to follow with me. That right there, a friend coming to me, saying, I'm done with this. I want you with me. That changed my life. Sitting on a curb outside of my house, I fully and completely gave my life to Christ, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah, have I messed up? Have I made mistakes? Of course I have. By no way, by no means am I perfect. But since then, I've experienced great and mighty things with Jesus. Verse 50, it says this, Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but you shall see greater things than this. Whoever band, come back up. You guys got to know this. You got to understand this tonight. Everything good in my life is a result of my relationship with Jesus. My wife, my kids, my church, Emerge, you guys, is a result of my relationship with Jesus. When my my pal Ryan, he sat on the curb next to me one day outside of my house, um, he had no idea that I would be a pastor someday. He just had the guts to get outside of his comfort zone and talk to me about Jesus. If he wouldn't have done that, what could have been? What could have been in my life? How many people out there are future pastors, who are future leaders, who are future just followers of Jesus, who don't know him, who need to be found? 
You don't have to have all the answers. God's okay with you guys not having all the answers and maybe stuttering a little bit and, and not knowing it all. He's, he's not offended by that. I believe that God could use this group right here as a catalyst to start a movement that unleashes the gospel to this, to this city, to this area. I don't want to be a group that just shows up just to do church and have a good time together. I want to, I want to be the group that shows up, does church, then goes outside of these walls and tells people about Jesus. The Bible calls us fishers of men. When you give someone life, new life, by leading them to Jesus. See this right here? He's a friend that maybe you've invited to church. Or, or maybe you've shared Christ with. And he's living. He's still alive. And he, uh, he's still there. And, and, and let's, he's still living. Let's put him back. And so let's say, let's say this, um, maybe what you've done and, and, and we talk about speed the light. We talk about missions in here. So what, let's say this, you've got a couple of, ooh, I got a couple of friends here and what you've done, you've, you've given to missions, you've given to speed the light. So a missionary can go and we provided a help by giving, we've provided a, a vehicle for a missionary to go in whatever country they're in and to go further and go faster and go farther and to tell other people about Jesus. We've taken those opportunities. And by doing that, you have saved a life. And so what happens is there's so many people in our world. There's so many people in our lives. So many people like those fish are dying without Jesus. They're laying on there. They're just there flopping like a, a fish needs this to survive, to live. So many of us, we need Jesus in our lives to live eternally and to live for him. So many of us, we've got friends who are there. They need Jesus. Who's going to bring them to Jesus? Who's going to go and scoop up your friends and say, you need Jesus? Who in this room would look around, go to your school, go to your job, go to wherever it is and find someone and say, you need Jesus and I can't leave you here laying here anymore. I've got to do something about it. How many of us in this room will take on that task, will take on that job and not let people suffer anymore without Jesus in their lives? People are flailing around and just waiting for someone, someone to get up and to someone to save them, to someone to share Christ with them. I want to encourage you guys, don't let your fear keep you from doing nothing. I'll read you this verse and then we'll close Galatians 6, 9. It says, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you like, I, I've, I've tried to tell people about Jesus and they, they just won't, they shut me out. Don't give up. I've tried to try to invite someone to church and they won't come with me. Don't give up. I've tried to to tell someone about Jesus and they tell me they don't want to hear it. Don't give up because like this verse says, don't grow weary and don't get tired of doing that good thing. Because if you keep it up, if you keep going in time, you're going to reap a harvest.
People are going to come. People are going to show up. Don't give up. If everybody would close your eyes and, and bow your heads. Maybe you're here tonight and, and um, you couldn't get past that first question that I asked tonight, which was when. Maybe you, you've always been a Christian. Like you said, I've always been good. Or I, I want to tell you tonight, you've definitely not always been good. But tonight you're distant from God. You're far from Jesus. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. Right now, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Maybe you've been raised in church, but maybe tonight it's your first time to hear something like this, and you know you need to do something about it. No one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to respond just by simply, if you amen. Could we celebrate together what happened tonight? A God-changing lives.